praise God. Speaking of prayer meeting, right? We had a prayer. We, we were in prayer on Monday, and uh, it's a great way to start the week. And um, usually after our staff meeting, then we have a little lunch, come right in for prayer. And uh, Rich was there. And um, Rich, what happened? Well, it's been a long time since I did some uh, carpet time. And Lord had me down here on this carpet, and I was soaking and so electrified. Uh, it was just, just being in God's presence is awesome. I mean, it's just overwhelming. And God just nailed me. I was on this floor for two and a half hours just soaking. And when I woke up, I kind of opened my eyes, and I was so drunk in the spirit that I saw this sign laying next to me. <laughs> it's, still, it's still around. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Lord, I have a pacemaker. Uh, um, hopefully when yeah. your power hits, it doesn't jar me up too much. I could just be laying on the floor forever. Wow. And uh, wow. I think, well, that's a good thing too, because if if the Lord if the Lord if something happens with my Facebook, I'm going home to be with them, so that's cool too. So, <laughs> but it was just an awesome time. So, if you guys get the chance to come here on uh, Monday between one and four, by all means, just come. So, Shelly has some awesome music to play in, and the Lord just just totally electrified. Shake, rattled, and rolled me all over the place. Yeah, it's amazing. Yay, God. Come on. Yeah, it was right about here. And, um, and Rich was just there by himself, so we just started to thank the Lord for what he was doing. And wow. Really good. If you're new, or I don't know, I mean, you never know who's new in the house. And so if you hear that kind of language, somebody says, drunk in the spirit or something like that you know it is just no nothing weird's going on it's uh it's just really a term for you know basically when when the presence of god when the holy spirit touches you in a tangible way it, you're bound to be affected right when when the power that created the universe and everything in it touches you right it's not going to go unnoticed and uh and so um, if you ever stick your finger in a light socket, something's going to happen. And um, and but this is a different kind of power. It's, it's God's power is always a restoring and healing power. And a, it, let's put it this way. Whenever God's touching it, this is my core value. When the Holy Spirit's touched me, something good's happening. And and that's really my that's really where I stand with that. I don't have to understand it. I don't if it's even a little strange and it's true. I mean, sometimes sometimes you have to go, well, what's really what's going on? You know, I've never seen that before once in a while. And um, but I think what's important is not not what it looks like, but who is is doing the touching. And if it's God, then uh, we don't have to understand to know that it's good because um, only good things come from God. And, um, you know. And uh, not everybody, not not even every believer is convinced of that. But I really am convinced of that. And that um, I, you know, pretty clear. If you if you just read the scripture, you're going to find out. You know, especially in the new covenant. Hey, listen, anything that's good. Yeah, how do I tell if it's from God or not? Well, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's not. And um, and if it's bad, God wants to do something about that. And. Um, Anyway, so I, I just thought I'd take a minute to say that, you know, if you if you see somebody under, you know, just under the presence of God and you know what, don't worry about that because I've, you know what, good fruit comes from it. And um, and really, you know, a lot of we're going to talk about the church today and what the church is. And um, but, uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can become so principle based that we have no room for a supernatural God in our lives. And um, and I don't know about you, but I don't want a Christian walk that looks the same whether God shows up or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if, if 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 God could exit the building and it all looks the same, I don't want that. 
That's the difference. That really is the difference between us and the rest of the world is the presence of God. Otherwise, you and me, we got nothing. We're not better than anybody. You know what I mean? We haven't earned any credit by our by our our good efforts, you know? And and I, and and so just remembering that really everything in our life really is the power of the spirit. So so if you're free from sin, that's the power of the spirit. If you've been healed, that's the power of the spirit. That you can't even overcome the deeds of the flesh, the Bible says, without the Holy Spirit. It's so and, and when you're trying to shape yourself up and, and, and um, you know, a fruit of the spirit is self-control. So there is a part. Uh, there's an outflow. But remember, that's a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit of our effort. <laughs> it, it's, it's very freeing, isn't it? How many are encouraged by that? That, that God's, God is going to God's going to work harder on me than I than I am going to. So my job, my goal is to surrender to God. That's the part I get to work on. Surrender to God. Present myself before the Lord. And then he is going to do all the other stuff. He's going to speak. I'm going to obey. He's going to touch. I'm going to receive. Really, he's the source. And that and, and, it, and everywhere in our life, is anywhere in your life that you feel a grind or a striving, then good news that will change when a surrender comes into that area. And, and every, we're all on a journey, so we can't always see it. You know, it happens. It's along the way. Like you, you find we find ourselves even even when we know we're saved by grace and we live by grace. We still find ourselves at times striving at something. And then we remember, wait a minute. What am I doing? What do you have to say about this? I give it to you. I surrender to you. And then he speaks and we obey. And uh and that's freedom. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence today and, and for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you, you, you've been doing for Rich and what you're doing even now, currently. There's more for all of us. There's never an end to you. We love you. We ask for your help today. We ask for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to be poured out on us as we um, look into the subject of your church today. Uh, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we do that, I want to do one more thing. Denise, would you come up real quick? you got to hear this testimony. Uh, would you just welcome Denise as she's coming out? Come on. This is amazing. we got to let her tell the testimony. But this testimony started last Sunday during worship. It, it wasn't even on the prayer line or anything. So, Denise, would you? Yeah. Okay, well, you guys who know me know for about a month, over a month, I was in bed um, with my back, um, couldn't walk, um, couldn't sit, couldn't stand. All I could do was lay. Um, in fact, to get me anywhere. Over Mike a had, month. Over a month, wow. almost two months. Laid out. Yeah, and to get me anywhere, Mike had to put a bed in the back of his truck, and I had to lay down. <laughs> um, but wow. anyway... So last Sunday, you couldn't even sit in the truck to, to travel anywhere. No, I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't. my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, driving. Oh, I, I, I did it when I had to. But if I drove to town, it laid me out for two days. Oh, so anyway, I uh, came to church last Sunday and um, I was standing there and I'm like, ah, this, I can't do these flags. It hurts my back. And I'm like, No. I don't care. I don't care if it hurts my back. Everything hurts my back. I don't care. And I started flagging, and this peace came over me. And it was like just freeing. Mm. And by the end of it, I was laying on the floor. And uh, God told me, you know, what are you striving for? Why? Why? Why are you striving? And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> How? Anyway, so it's um, you know, yeah, I I got to thinking about it. And it's like um, Fenton said, what are you partnering with? You know, are you partnering with God and His promises, or are you partnering partnering with the devil and his lies? And uh, you know, it, it, this whole thing is, has caused me to look where my focus is, 
And um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to see how God can heal if you partner with him mm. and accept it. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, in his provision and, and working from a place of rest. Monday at the prayer meeting, um, Brendan. So pointed. real quick though, Sunday, you grabbed the flag, you were laying on the floor after you worshiped for a bit. Mm-hmm. Did something change that day? Yes. And then what was it? What happened? It was um, the Lord came over me and I just I surrendered to him and I'm like, OK, there's nothing I can do. You have to do it. Yeah. And this, it was just like this peaceful heat that came over me and I started to move better and not feel as much pain. And then Monday. Wow. When, when I came into the uh, staff meeting, <laughs> they were worshiping. And so I started worshiping and all of a sudden I noticed I was dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, she was moving, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And every time I worship, it gets better and better. Wow. Come yeah. on. Can we give the Lord a hand? Come on. It's amazing. Praise God. And, you know, it, it's like what Psalm 103 says. Um, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies Mm. your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow. 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 Thank you. Wow. So are you so where where are you at now? Your pain was through the roof before. Are you pain free or where are you at? Pretty much pain free. Um, Yay, God, that's amazing. It's more of a pressure than a pain now. All right. Yeah. And you said you had like some soreness, like your muscles were sore. Mm -hmm. Like you felt like you were adjusting to your new, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what did you say? Yeah, it it was a different kind of soreness. Um, The soreness that I was feeling at first was this sharp, driving angry pain and after the lord came upon me on sunday and monday and through the week it's becoming a more peaceful pain if uh-huh. i could, if, if there's such a thing yeah. it, it, it's not a worrisome pain it's like okay this is life mm. this will go just keep on the focus wow thank you lord yeah. we just put your hands toward denise right now and we don't have to pray for healing because god's got that covered yeah. so let's just bless it Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and for a fresh touch right now. (laughs) In Jesus' name. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) Come on. Thank you, Denise. (laughs) So good. I've heard testimonies like that before, and I don't know if it it's exactly. Look at her go. (laughs) Wow. Yay, God. Come on. Let's, Let's thank her. Jesus, thank you, thank you. You are the healer, Lord. <laughs> wow. Oh, so good. Oh, I don't know, that excites me. God. Oh, thank you, God. You know, sometimes, too, it just really helps you to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You can just imagine if you were the one that couldn't move for a month, just couldn't get out of pain. And you just really appreciate what that means. Not only is it amazing what God did, but how thankful are you for the person, you know, who's out of pain. And thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there's healing here. God's here today to heal. So just receive. We're going to start in Matthew 16 today. That's where I'm going to read that. Then I'm going to launch from there. And, um talking about the church and uh and um there's a lot to be said about the church and um and uh but one thing uh one thing's for sure i love the church and um and i think you know what jesus loves the church and so how many know we ought to love the church too and um and uh you know what i'm saying and and uh Sometimes I think, this is a bit of a side note, and I'm not focusing on this today, but when it comes to the church, you know, just, I think it's important 
to remember that the church is the bride of Christ. It's Jesus's bride. And we're and we're the church. You and me. Right. And so sometimes you hear people talk, even, a, you know, mostly it's just it's Christian, you know, and they're like, ah, oh, the church. And they, they know what the church is doing wrong and what's wrong with the church. And they're a little bit mad at the church. And I'm like, you know, what I'm saying you, you've all heard it. Right. And. And it's like, well, you know, the church of today and, and the, you know, some of the statements. I don't know. I just don't like talking like that, you know. And, you know, and like, oh, the greatest sin of the church is this or that. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, I don't know. And, uh, and, and, and so, and, and at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? Two things. You, if you're a Christian, you can't talk about the church like it's somebody else. Because you're the church. You're the church. So if you're saying that about the church, you're saying it about yourself. And, and, and two, I think you just ought to be careful how you talk about someone's bride. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if the, if the, if the husband's around, you want to, you want to be honoring that wife. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so I don't mean that in a be careful kind of a, a mode, but you know, it really does put things in perspective, right? And um, whatever it is, we're all on a journey and none of us have arrived, but the church is beautiful and I love the church. I, I, I'm called to the church and, um, and I've always loved the church and I, I love, I love the lost too. I love the great commission and really the message today, um, and you know, we're probably going to end up, I'm not sure if next week we'll follow up right away, but I am feeling that we'll we'll spend a little uh, at least a few sessions on the church because it's quite a vast subject and um, and and she's quite a beautiful and amazing bride and, it, and it's an amazing family that we're a part of and it's God's family and um, and so uh, today we're talking about the church and if you had a subtitle I would say it's a missional family. And um, and uh, and so I'm going to read this verse before I just keep going. Um, Matthew 16, 13 through 18. There's just a lot of scripture that we could use. And um, this is the one I felt to start with. So Matthew 16, starting at verse 13, Matthew 16, starting at 13. And in my Bible, it's called Peter's Confession of Christ. Now I'm going to read through 16 now. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? (laughs) I love it when the Lord asks questions because he's getting ready to teach you something always. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, He really doesn't need any information from us. But um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. That's why the prophet was smart. Can these bones live? You know, Lord. You know, why am I going to waste time giving you an answer? So, uh, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said, verse 15, to them, but who do you say that I am? I love how he's narrowing it down. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. And I'm going to read on actually. And Jesus said to him. Blessed are you Simon Barjona. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven. Now I say to you. That you are Peter. And upon this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades. Will not overpower so what one point that I love here that I just can't read past without mentioning is that don't you love that when Peter saw Jesus clearly, Peter found out who he was. When when Jesus got the identity of Christ right, he found out his identity. Who, who do you say I am, Peter? Well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That's right. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. And because identity is defined only from your maker. And um, the father gives identity. And, um, and so there will be hints of that today. But, um, but I want to focus on right here. Jesus said, 
you are uh, your name is Peter, which means rock or little rock. And um, and upon and upon this rock, I will build my church. That's powerful because a lot of us are trying to build a church. And and but Jesus said he's going to build it. And uh, but he gave us another mission, didn't he? He he said, yeah, he said, be my witness. Right. He said, stay. Acts one, eight, you know, wait, be filled with the spirit and then be my witness. It'll empower you. The Holy Spirit, you'll receive boldness to be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then and then um, also Jesus said, you know, we call it the Great Commission. Right. He gave, he gave one mission. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. And um, and so. I was talking with a friend on the phone this week and I was just so stirred up about this subject. And and I thought, you know, a lot of people go, well, what's your vision? What's your mission? And I get that. I get that. It's a valid question because um, there are many expressions of the Great Commission as there are people, because everyone fulfills the Great Commission in their own life in a unique way. Okay, so it's not this rigid. Everyone has to be a stadium evangelist. That wouldn't even work. And um, and so, for one, there's just not enough stadiums. There's just so many problems with that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so so, uh, but uh, <clears throat> but I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know, the truth is, on a broad at, at a very uh, on a broad spectrum, the truth is, there really only is one mission. Jesus only gave one mission to all believers, and it's to make disciples. And you can call it whatever you want. You can call it being a witness. Jesus called it that. You can call it being a light. The Bible calls it that. Shine like lights in the world, right? You can call it giving an account for the hope that you have. It's all through the scripture, and it's phrased many different ways. But the fact is, wherever you are, you are a witness of Christ. Your life, the way you live, the fact that the Spirit of God lives inside of you, and the message that you carry. And and where people, you know what, and really, you know what I love it? I, I love it when people ask you what's going on with you. Don't you love it when people ask you what's different about you? You know? And it might just be like, look, like people, you don't realize what people pick up on, you know? But like, I worked in warehouses and manufacturing the whole bit. And people pick up on the fact that you just you don't really think about it. and You're not trying to be religious, but like, you know, when you follow the Lord, certain kind of humor just isn't really funny anymore. It's not that you go, oh, I better not laugh. It's just not that funny anymore. You know, it's like, well, that's kind of perverse. I just don't find that funny. And um, and uh, you know what I'm saying? And so and, uh, you know, judge people, but you might not laugh. And, and people just pick up on things like that. Or the fact that you're smiling all the time. You have joy. Why are you singing all the time? You know, driving your forklift, you're singing, you know, like, yeah, I guess I was. I didn't even notice that, you know, and and um, and so the point is, is that the church is some people would say, well, the church is the family of God. Church is a family. You're right. And then other people would say, well, the church has a mission. The church, the church is a mission and they're really mission focused. Well, you're right, too. But but the church ultimately really is a missional family. And and even though you say missional first in that phrase, the fact is families first. And that that it's a missional family. It's uh, and it's it's not a bunch of people on a mission trying to be a family. It's a family. It's first a family that has a mission. And 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 the mission is defined by What's on God's heart? Because it's God's mission. It's, it's not my mission. It's God's mission. And even Jesus, like, I don't know about you. I, I'm not greater than Jesus. And so, um, and, and Jesus even said, well, I only do what I, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say things the Father said. I, I really, you know, he, he's just like, he didn't come even to witness of himself, but he came as a witness of the Father. Somebody said it this way, that Jesus's mission was the cross and his message was the father. 
It's powerful. I love it when you can just boil something down, you know. And, and so Jesus had a mission in his life, the cross. Well, he finished that mission so that he could call us to the great co-mission. God's, it's a co-mission because it's God's mission that he invites us on. So it's co. And everything in the kingdom is co after that. We're co-reigning. We're joint heirs, right? It's a co-mission. We're on a mission with God. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, church is, uh, church is the gathering or the assembly of, of the people of God, right? It's pretty, pretty straightforward. But really, church, like all of us, could go down to the park and we'd still, still be the church, right? And, and then throughout the week, I just had this vision this morning as I was thinking about this subject. And I was thinking about how we are the body of Christ and we are connected. And you know what it is that connects us? It's the spirit of God that connects us. That he lives in me and he lives in Daniel. Right. But when we're but but when we're standing in a proximity, he also lives between us. And so really we're connected. I thought, wow, God, sh- show me that in the spirit. I actually saw this image in my mind that almost this like this network, you know, if you could see all the people wherever we are. What if wherever we are, the spirit of God is just connecting us? I, I anyway, that's that's we're going to talk about that actually all by itself at some point, um, because because our lives affect one another and um, in ways that are just so far beyond what we can understand. And um, but today I want to talk about the, the word church. You ever think about that church? Where do we even get that word? Has anyone ever asked that question? I mean, I know Jesus said the church, but that's a translation, you know, and um, and what about before Jesus said church? Did anyone ever use the word church? You know what I'm saying? You, you, know, you ever ask these kind of questions? Because what's the church? And you're like, you know, other people are calling, we're the church of this. And I'm like, well, you're call, you've got the name church on your sign, but you're not the church. You're not a church because you're not the church. There's only one church. You know what I'm saying, right? Like if you're the church of the spaghetti and meatball religion or something. I'm just trying not to offend anybody, but making a point. And, um, and so, um, yeah, you get what I'm saying, right? There's only one church. But the word church is ecclesia. Probably many of you know that. It's actually a Greek word, ecclesia. And um, it's a powerful, it's very interesting. I like to do word studies, you know. And, um, and it's, it's a Greek word that's made up of two words. Ek, E-K, which means out from. How many knew that? Did anybody know that? Yeah, awesome. Of course you, of course you two guys did. I love it. Yes. Uh, so... Um, uh, so it means out from denoting origin, the point from which action or motion proceeds. Ooh, a missional family. Out from what? From what do we do our mission? From family. And um, and so the second word that that makes up the word church or ecclesia is um, kaleo, which means called. And so really. Um, it means church actually could be boiled down to this called out. The church are the are those who are called out by God. Ooh, feel the juice on that, huh? And uh, <laughs> that's slang for the presence of God. And um, and so um, the church. So. And we see that in the scripture, right? I'll just reference First Peter two nine. If you want to jot it down, look it up later. But you're the you're the you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the One who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Really, what we're talking about here, missional family, is completely like communicated in that verse right there. You were called out so that you might proclaim what you're proclaiming for the one who called you out of darkness into light. <laughs> How many are thankful you're called out of darkness and that darkness is a real place, right? 
And, and that, but now, but light, that means light is a real place into his. It's not just light. It's marvelous light. And, um, and so, isn't that a good word? If we're called out of darkness. And so, uh, to further expound on the word ecclesia or church, it, it was understood, if you were Greek in that day, it was understood as a political or governmental assembly. Whoa. The church is powerful. Uh, oh, yeah. I meant to bring a book and read a quote. Um, anyone ever read Destined for the Throne? You're destined to hear quotes from it. So I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, it's such a great book. But uh, anyway, I'll read that at another time. But called out, selected, elected. This is what it meant. A political or government assembly of those who are called out, selected, elected, given great power and authority in a local community. God intends for his family, a called out assembly to have great power in the spirit and in the natural. But, and it really, really, it's, it's the great power in the spirit that gives us influence on the natural. So really, it's spiritual authority. Because the spirit governs all things. Spiritual authority is what's governing everything. You know, God is, you know, when you read this, this Bible, the word of God here, it's God breathed, by the way, all of it. And um, and so but when you read this, you ever realize, like, if you just read in the book of James, I love the book of James. You know, why I like James because James is like, basically, it's like, don't do this, do this. Like, it makes it so simple. Right. Right. He's like, he's like, he's basically like, talk less, listen more, love each other. And, uh, and I like James because it's straightforward. You know what I'm saying? But the same God who breathed upon James breathed upon Ezekiel. And he caught John up and gave him the revelation. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, do you know, like if, if you just selectively read the scripture, you can just get so principle minded and practical that you just forget that God is so radical and like mystical and like just. There's not a word for what God is like. You, you can't even explain God in words. Really, you can declare him. You can proclaim him, but you can't explain him fully. And so you have to experience God. But, you know, he's the same God that's like, here's a prophet. I'm going to grab him by the hair and pick him up into the air. And I'm going to show him all kinds of stuff, you know, and on and on. So um, and I know and like, that's the kind of that's why the Bible is, because that's the kind of God that we have. That's who God is. And the reason I'm saying that now is because everything about God and all everything to do with him is the same, including the church. So the church can be very practical. There's a lot that we do because at the end of the day, heaven invading earth. Right. Why does heaven need to invade earth? Because it was never meant to be separate. When God made everything, there wasn't a separation. And so that distance is a bummer that happened. It's it's contrary to God's design. God never wanted separate. And so his whole mission, that's why the incarnation. Actually, you ever think about this? The incarnation, the fact that God became man, just meshed it all back together. It's inseparable again. You ever think about that? Uh, It's powerful. And it's good news for us. Let's stay on subject. I love that subject. Um, and so the body of Christ or the assembly of the most high. And um, and so uh, so some say it's a mission. Some say it's a family. Well, it's both. It's a missional family. It's a family with a mission. Our mission comes from our identity. See, this is the thing. Uh, you know, even Jesus himself came and his mission, he, you know, he came and he said he proclaimed himself. As the son, right? And he, he claimed that God was his father. It drove people crazy. And, and, but, but being the son of God is what determined what his life was like. But it was also what made him unshakable. It's what made him immune to the opinions or the criticisms of people. Because he's like, you know, you can, 
you can fool. You know, anyway, that's a different. Anyway, you can you can please. You can please some people sometimes, but you can't please all people all the time. And um, it reminds me of an old song. But um, and uh, but you can please God at all times. It's powerful, right? And so why? So so the fact so Jesus's identity as the Son is what set him up to be fully successful in his mission because he was unwavering. He it was like you, you like it, good, good for you. This is, this is literally how Jesus seemed to live his life. He his heart was for all people. It broke for the lost. He was moved by by the broken, by the lost, by the hungry. He fed them bread and fish. Because he didn't like that they were hungry, you know, and um, and yet if people criticized or rejected, it didn't stop for a second. And um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to read here so I don't jump ahead of my points. Um, so, oh, I let me just point to some stuff in the scripture. Um, our mission comes from our identity under that as a boy, Jesus was with his father. Luke 2.49. Right? Remember they couldn't find him? Have you ever... Have you ever I, I word studied that verse. Did you know I can't find the word house or business in, in the original language in that verse? It's fine. Cause the translators had a reason that they did that. There, there's a reason for that. But, he, but there's two different... In different versions, depending on what your Bible says, it says, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Other translations say, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But actually, when I look at the Greek, what it says, there's not even a word for that in it, in the sentence. And so what it really, the way I can best understand it is, didn't you know I had to be with my father? Isn't that powerful? And I thought, it's amazing that Jesus is like a 12-year-old boy, not, not released in his ministry yet, for years, Jesus was enjoying his identity as a son before he ever did one thing in ministry. And really, for like 30 years of his life, he lived just as a son before God. And no doubt, Joseph and Mary saw some crazy stuff at home, right? I, I believe that. I, I mean, I bet you... Because I mean, how did Mary know... But, all right, just bring Jesus some pots of water. It's time. It's time, Jesus. They need, you need to help them. We all know what you can do. We've been seeing it. You know, and, and I really believe that. I, I believe that because otherwise, how would she know? She had a word, but none of that had defined the, what Jesus' ministry would look like. That had to come through experience. Anyway, moving on. So at 12 years old as a boy... He was with his father. That's what the Greek says. I love that because I'm about, you know, about my father's business. I'm like, oh, he's already serving God. Right. Um, in my father's house. OK, no, just with my father. Did you know how to be with my father? Did you know? So before his baptism, so at his and then at his baptism. Before his ministry begins, the father with a booming voice from heaven. Announces his son before Jesus ever did one thing in his ministry. The father wanted everybody to know this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. That's an important word. I love him so much. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you could you could you could expound before he's done anything. Before he went to the cross. Before he's done any miracles for you all, before he's preached, before he taught, before he multiplied fish, before any of that, before he walked on water, before he's done anything, I love him, I delight in him, you need to know, this is my son. That's how he starts his ministry. It's a good word. A good friend of mine says a lot of Christians are trying to do something, but first you're supposed to receive something. And when you try to do something before you receive something, you're always trying to earn. And it's a, it's a hard way to go. It's called, it's called works. <laughs> anyway, earning. You can't earn anything from God by your works. So, um, and then, 
And so, um, and then later at his transfiguration, so before he starts his ministry, and then at his transfiguration, remember that? Takes him up on the hill, manifests his glory, you know, he's just shining light, all this glory shows up, Peter starts talking. I love how it says, I love how it says, and while Peter was talking, the father said, (laughs) I just hear that as the father going, shh. This is my son and who I'm well pleased. And then he added, listen to him. <laughs> I like that. Peter's talking. Listen to him. And um, and so, uh, yeah, don't talk. Just listen to Jesus. Um, Jesus. So I want to make a point here. Jesus couldn't be about his father's business unless he was a son. And being a son meant that he was about his father's business. It's awesome. Um. So doing what only the father's doing, uh, being the father's. So the church, talking about the church today, the church was actually birthed. Really, you could say birthed from Jesus side. Anybody ever thought of that? The first Adam. The first Adam, what happened? He fell asleep. God put him out. See, people were getting laid out a long time ago in the presence of God. Put them out. I mean, he had to really be out not to feel that rib. And um, so takes the rib, makes, makes a woman for him, right? A partner. Well, it says that that's the first Adam. And then the last Adam, Jesus, who became a life-giving spirit, right? What happened to him? He went on the cross. A spear went into his side. Blood and water flowed. A church was born. And so the whole point is that as the bride of Christ, it's all family, you guys. This is what I'm saying. Not just family like we get together and we love each other. We do. But the reason that happens is because of whose family we're actually a part of. It's because he's the source of all that. And so if you just, if you just think about it. So he's the father. Then we got the son. And then and then from the son's side, God is making an, a bride for his son that's going to reign with him for eternity. So now you've got a bride and then and then there's going to be a marriage supper. So right now we're the bride, but we're actually going to get married. Anyway, moving on. So and so we're going to we're going to spend eternity together. Don't you see the family? You've got a father, you've got a son, you've got a bride. You got a family. The beautiful thing about a family business is really in God's family business. You, you know, if you if you get hired down here at Holiday, you know, um, you can get you could get fired. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, you know, if you ran a cart through the glass or something. I don't know what you could, but you probably wouldn't get fired for that. But you, you know what I'm saying? You could get fired, right? But if you were the owner's if, if the owner of that store and you're and you're his son or daughter and you work there, how many know you could probably make some big mistakes and still not get fired? Well, that's the thing. You're never going to get you're never going to be out of the family and God's family and God's business is all together. Like it's inseparable. It's actually inseparable. It's not even two things. So that's kind of even two things still. Right. If you're if the owner was your dad, then. You still have a business and a family, but in God's family, it's all the same. And but he wants us to know that we're family first before we start doing too much, because it's important that we don't get our identity from what we do. All right, I'm going to close this up here in a few minutes. Jesus revealed himself as the son. Yeah, the father announced and affirmed um, him as the beloved son. Moving on. Um, yeah, at his baptism, his glorification, transfiguration. All right. I'm going to just throw out a couple of points for you. This means that it is God's heart that whatever we do, we do from love, from family. It's the safest place to work from. Because, because when you're first family, then you know that love is unconditional. When you're loved before you ever did anything... You know that nothing you did caused you to be loved, which means nothing you could do could cause you to be unloved. 
Yay, God. Yay, God. God wants us to know that we're in the family before we start working so that we know our place does not depend on our works, but that our works flow from our immovable place as his beloved children. So working for identity, and sometimes we still get caught up in that, right? Where we're like, I got this ministry, it makes me important. Or I do this over here. I got, you know what I'm saying, whatever it may be. We don't go around saying that, but, but you know that, you know that you're getting your identity from it when, when you do it well and you feel like such an awesome human being. And then if you make a mistake, you feel like worthless. You know, if that's how, we're all going to be bummed if we, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I wish that would have went better. But but when your when your whole world crumbles because you made a mistake or something didn't go right and it takes you a few days to, you know, work yourself back to feeling good, you know, something's out of whack there because something can go wrong when you're when you're a son and daughter of God. And then you can go lay on your pillow before the Lord and go, oh, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me. Will you help me with that, by the way? Thank you that you love me. And, and, and the love is unconditional. I knew years ago, I knew that there had been a radical shift, not only in what I knew here, but how I was living my life. And um, be, because I, I went, this was years ago, I got invited to speak at this, uh, they called it a youth conference. It was more like a youth camp. And I can't remember how many kids were there, but um, it was uh, in Minnesota and some different youth come together. And, um, and it was such a great time. We had so many kids, I mean, saw miracles that week. And it was like not a big, huge bunch of, it was a good number, but, um, but man, I mean, I saw miracles that week. One kid's shoulder blade was like, was winged out, so it stuck out from his back like this, some type of injury he had. His youth pastor brought him up, we prayed for him, and, and I put my hand on his shoulder blade and we said, just be healed in Jesus' name. And I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. My hand was on it and we watched it go. Hmm. It was amazing. I mean, we saw, we saw all kinds of stuff, joints and migraines and everything. People just got healed and a bunch of kids got touched by the presence of the Lord in ways that they never had before. And it was the first time that I'd really seen those kinds of things in a meeting that I led at that level, right? At that level. And and I remember going back to my room that night and I was just like, and I remember I had this revelation. Wow, I don't feel any more important or any more loved at all because of what happened, because actually I, I know I didn't do it. And so, so I, you know, but you, you can know, I mean, somebody gets healed and you're like, yes, I'm an awesome Christian. Woo. You know what I mean? And um, and uh, and so I went back and I was like, wow. And we always flush the bad stuff, but I learned something that night. Don't flush like it's bad, but flush like I put it behind me. I was like, thank you for what you did tonight. I just give all that to you. That's, that's works that are gone now, but those are, that's what you did. Thank you for what you did. I gave it all back to him, flushed it, moved on. And I'm still celebrating what God did, but I realized my identity wasn't wrapped up in what God was doing. So I'm like, well, that's what God does, and I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, I think that was powerful. That's when I really knew that something was shifted because it's one thing to learn it in the negative stuff. You know what I mean? But I feel like in victory, when you learn in victory, it's something, it's, there's a different power to it. Like, it's certainly funner to win in victory than in defeat. But anyway, I guess that's a side note. Um, so, uh, so Jesus only gave one mission, be filled with the Spirit, make disciples. Um, A lot of people might say, well, my ministry is I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer, right? I'm a, I'm a landscaper, etc. And I would say, well, that is your ministry, but it's not actually your ministry to people. It's your ministry to the Lord. You realize that? Your occupation, although people benefit, because people always benefit when you put God first. It's just true, right? Seek first the kingdom. And then all these things get added. Well, it's true with this as well. And so, so, but we might go kind of to like 
not let ourselves off the hook. But just just kind of to go like, well, you know, my ministry is this. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a landscaper. I'm a, I'm a whatever. That's my ministry. And I would say, no, that's that's not your ministry. That's your worship. Because whatever whatever you do, you do with all your heart as what? Unto the Lord. So really what I do even, and I, I, I'm glad that I the Lord taught me this even when I was in a warehouse because... Um, be, because I'm like, you know, I'm driving my forklift, but I'm doing it for God. And so I'm working with integrity and I'm working hard. Why? To try to strive and earn? No, because I want to glorify God in my work. And I think it's cool that you can take something that many would see, see as fairly insignificant and give it to God. And now it's eternal worship. Whoa, now it became like the most powerful thing that can even happen. That I'm working at the mill, but I'm doing it under the Lord. And so it actually becomes a spiritual act of worship. What are you doing? Just worshiping Jesus right now? Glorifying Him? You are glorifying Him too, because people notice. What's the deal? Why are you such a good worker? Why are you so happy when you're working? Oh. Now we're getting to the ministry. Because the ministry is still to be a light wherever you are. Like I know, you know, I know car salesman, the guy's probably the biggest evangelist in his church. But he just does it in such a way, he can come and go with all the business leaders that he's respected all over his city. Every pastor in the whole county knows him. And and it, but he's just he's a he's an affluent, he's just a businessman. And I'll tell you, man, he's just always bringing, even in his business, he hires this guy. Next thing you know, that guy's at his house working for him, doing a side job. Next thing you know, he's discipling him. It's just so cool. And, and, uh, and on and on. So, so what you do for your occupation, that's worship. But our mission is still the same, you guys. That, that we are a light that shines bright in the world. And, and uh, basically, people, like the reason to live on earth is so that other people can know God. Think about it, because it's going to be way better there. So we're still here. I'm thankful for this life. I enjoy it. It's a gift. Every breath is a gift. Moving on. Um, so just a few points to think. If you want to jot these down, attributes of God's family. In God's family, everyone has a place. And there's room for all. Yeah, Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I'll never cast him out. I love that. Everyone has a place in God's family. In God's family, everyone has a name, an identity. In God's family, everyone has gifts. Not just practical talents, but spiritual gifts as well. Prophecy, tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, etc., and everyone has a unique purpose that serves the family business or the family mission. The family business is the father's business. We're sons and daughters, not hirelings. We didn't get hired. We were born. That means you're always going to be in the family. It's a good word. So if you don't, if you don't preach your best or you don't have your best day at the mill, you don't have your best day at the store, it's okay, daughter. We'll get them tomorrow. Isn't that amazing? Oh, God. We have a mission. Uh, uh, yeah, so in closing, our, our position as loved children is not dependent on our performance. So we can shine brightly and boldly every day. You could not be at your best, and yet you're still shining. Do you actually realize that shining is something like that you're doing whether you're realizing it or not. You stand out on your worst day. You just don't feel like you do. And so if you realize that, you can just rest. I can be tired. I'm still shiny. You know? You know? Maybe I was grumpy this morning at the house. Okay, well, I can apologize for that and ask for forgiveness. I can still shine. That's real, right? And, uh, yeah. So the church of God is a beautiful place. 
Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you today that we are your people called out. We're your church. And that you've invited us on a mission. Yeah. And so, church, in the coming days, we're going to be talking about more about what it looks like. What, in other words, one of the, one of the things that we're going to talk about, what it looks like, what's our expression, and one of the areas is missions. What, what is Mountain Chapel's expression of the Great Commission when it comes to missions and sending? How are we going to support that? What's that going to look like? We're going to be having that conversation. I'm excited about that. And uh, because we want to be sending. We want to send. We want to touch the world from here. How many know? We could see, who knows? We could see villages come to Jesus from here. You got to come from somewhere. So we're going to talk about that. And, and so, but Father, today, if there's anybody here, actually, I just want to give a moment. If there's anybody here, and, um, and if you feel like you're, you're not, like you don't know the Lord, I don't know, maybe you slipped in since we greeted the, the newcomers or the visitors, and you don't know the Lord today, I just always want to give an invitation. And so if you don't know the Lord personally, and that's you today, we'll just raise your hand. We're just going to give, give an opportunity, because I'm inviting you to say, I want, I want in. I want to be in the fam. I want to be in the family. I want to know God. I want to follow Jesus. And if that's you, just raise your hand if you're here today. I'll give you, give you a few minutes. While we celebrate then, because we're all in the family. Yeah, would you stand? Lord, I pray that this week there would just be an, a continual unfolding of revelation of what it means to be a part of your family. And, and maybe, maybe we need a greater revelation of the Father's love for us, that he loves us unconditionally. Right? Salvation is not conditional. There's a lot of things that aren't conditional, but the Father's love is un, unconditional. It never turns off. And... Um, and so, like, we don't have to be perfect. So this week, if, if, if that's what needs to unfold and, and be revealed, I think that, there, that your spirit is here to reveal. And that this week would be a journey. Actually, I see this happening this week. Some of you journeying through your week. And just somebody, I actually just saw somebody waking up just feeling like, whoa, I've never had this happen before. Like you're going, I've never had this happen before. I feel... God's pleasure over me when I woke up this morning and throughout the day he's been speaking to me about how much he loves me. I was to be real about my own journey. Like I knew God loved me, but it took a lot of years for it really. And it really, I'm, a st- I'm like, it's still going deeper all the time. We're never going to get to the end of that. But, but I was like serving and doing a lot of things and still realized that there are there's places in my life where I still feel like I'm not acting like a son because I feel alone. In this area or that. And, and I, I just see the, the Father's love invading those places and saying, listen, you are in the family. There's no part of you that I don't see. And there's no place that you aren't left. And so you can just talk to me about that instead of feeling bad about it. Yeah. So I bless you with that. And, and I also see on the other end that maybe some are saying, yeah, I know the Father's love and I continue to experience that. But, but this week, I actually feel this something's happening inside of me that I'm excited about what God is doing in the earth, and I'm excited about shining bright. And actually, you know what? i got a hunger. I want to see somebody come to Jesus. I remember that hunger when I first recognized that hunger. I want to see someone come to the Lord. You know, and, um, and so, uh, so we just bless that today. Yeah, in Jesus' name. So I just invite the... The prayer team up. And um, if you want to receive prayer today, the prayer team's going to be up here. And um, if you still need healing in your bodies, come on up. Thank you guys so much. Love you all.